Welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. I am here with Reese. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. So um, you're, I don't know that much about you. We're friends on Instagram. You're in Texas. Yeah. You have a Pilates studio and we're here to talk about your business. So can you give us a little bit more detail on who you are and and what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, so yes, I am in Texas, born and raised, uh, South Texas specifically. Um, I got into Pilates um, about four or five years ago. Um, I've been trained for going on five years um, or four, sorry. Um, I've been in a studio setting working under Club Pilates uh, for quite some time and then I've uh, dabbled into smaller studios locally. Um, whenever I curated my own business, Pura Pilates, it's actually a strictly mobile studio. So we don't have um, a brick and mortar studio space. We go to the client and um, it's primarily hosted around uh, events and booking through bachelorette groups or office groups or um, one group I'm working with right now, which is actually virtual, um, is a volleyball team out in Austin, Texas. And um, it's been such a blast. I've just been going through the journey of trying to kind of navigate this space as an owner. And um, it's been fun. It really has. Wow. That's that's uh, a business I've never heard of before. So congratulations. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit more about the concept here. So what is, like, is this a, is it, is it a one, do you go and do one-off sessions with people at events or yeah, how does it work? Right. Um, that's a great question. So um, as far as our events go with the bachelorette groups and with um, our office groups and things like that, they actually stem from a lot of uh, clientele that I see regularly, either in studio or in my private studio that I have at home. Um, so there's kind of a, diff a lot of different elements that come with it. Um, so I do have a reformer studio inside of my house, and then I do travel and do private sessions uh, with clients that I've seen um, at other studio spaces that have reached out to me um, on a personal level and asked me, hey, do you want to come to my house? I bought a reformer. Can you teach me how to use it? And can we see each other regularly? And so um, once I started getting more and more requests from this, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to continue to do this and see this side of the business through. Um, and then I started seeing more and more clients coming up to me and saying, hey, like, can we do outside events? Can you do like Pinot and Pilates and Pints and Pilates and host these at different places and have gatherings and things like that? And um, I think the the biggest aspect of that has that has motivated me is as an instructor, um, you know, we in order to make a sustainable income have to work at several different studio spaces and because uh, they just simply don't have the hours that we would, uh, you know, like to have in one single studio. And so my motivation um, that kind of came to fruition with this whole business has been, how can I have other instructors that work underneath me and alongside myself make more income, if not the same amount that you would make in a full teaching block that you can make in just one single class. And that is when the events came to fruition. And we've been going through, I've taught um, four this year, and they've gone so well. Um, I have a partnership with a group called Batch um, that are here in the United States. They do primarily, well, they started with doing bachelorettes and things like that. And now they've moved into more of a space of, you know, everyone can book. And it's been fantastic. Um, I've just been learning a lot, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, great. So what would you like to get out of our conversation today? What will make this a win for you? So I have um, pretty 
big dreams and goals with this business. And I guess um, my biggest thing is picking your brain on um, how to create a space for everybody in the Pilates industry, um, whether or not they've done Pilates before or not. And I'm talking on a clientele basis of how to make this an affordable thing that people can do. And I say affordable lightly, right? Because I mean, you do have to pay for the services that you, I mean, we we need to get paid what we deserve, right? Um, and so how do we make that affordable, pay our instructors um, the amount that they deserve while also kind of curating a completely new business in this space um, being, you know, totally, I think the the biggest thing around the business that I really want to highlight are the events. And um, we see this a lot. You know, again, I kind of like to tie this back to bachelorettes because it's like the biggest way to kind of um, shine a light on what I'm talking about. Um, you know, me personally, I have, you know, I am married. I have had a bachelorette myself. Several of my friends have had bachelorettes and they go on these platforms and they're looking at what kind of things can we do around here? And um, long term, I would really like this to be like, my studio to be the prim- the prominent thing that everybody wants to go to, you know, and make it something that's like, this looks so much like so much fun. We want to do the additions. We want to, you know, see what Pilates is all about. Even if you've done it before, you know, I want to go and try out this class um, and make a whole thing out of it. And um, I really want to move this in a direction where I can do it widespread around the United States and um, open up an actual studio setting where you're actually coming in and you're booking out the entire studio and hosting these events with your friends. Okay. So you want to, you have big dreams of the business. You want to build it out primarily around the event. So you want to basically, if we fast forward a few years and you're wildly successful, you've got this business, which is uh, nationwide and specializes in doing um, bachelorette events, but also possibly just, you know, Pinot and Pilates at the vineyard or what, or whatever. Um, and it, and you have a bunch of instructors around the country who, who deliver these events and, and presumably a lot of these would be sort of at locations like at the vineyard or at the, the, you know, whatever for, uh, uh you know, um, um, location, but you also want to have a network of studios that you're aligned with, where you can have a group come in and do have the experience at the studio. Right, exactly. So just kind of navigating: um, is this a realistic goal? You know, and I think for me, I like to dream big. You know, I, I do, and um, that's and one thing about me is if I put my mind to something, it's going to happen. And I'm trying to be as flexible in this space as I possibly can, and. Um, I'm being patient with myself and with the business. I'm putting no pressure on it, on timing. And um, I'm not trying to rush anything. I want everything done precisely and exactly how it should be done, you know, and nothing to where, um, you know, I don't want to rush anything and then things kind of fall apart in that way. And so I think, um, yeah, what I'm looking to get out of this conversation is, you know, you have a very successful, you know, background yourself. And so um, I just and you've helped so many Pilates instructors um, with their businesses and um, being more realistic with them. And so I'm just wanting to pick your brain in that space and just try to figure out, um, am I taking the right steps to get there? Do you have a do you have an income goal? So currently, um, I would say as of next year, I would like to 
book enough events and have um, my and I'm again, you know, a big part of my business is, as well is the private lessons. So that's where the, you know, a major part of the consistency comes from. And it also helps with word of mouth, um, you know, getting that across. Um, so I would say that if I can make anywhere between 20 to $50,000 next year, that'd be fantastic. You know, that's I'm setting the bar relatively low with that. Um, and the reason I do that is because I'm, I'm trying to compare it in a sense of what I make in a studio space. So if I'm working, you know, um, three to five days a week in one single studio, how much income is that going to give me? Um, and so trying to compare that and be realistic with that expectation for um, my first, I guess, I mean, this has been my first official year technically being we did open May 2023. But um, really, I feel like this year has been such a, a year of learning um, for the business. And so I think now that I have so many things kind of set in stone established, and I've really tried to navigate what's going to work for the business and what's not and toss some things out and up prices here and, you know, took down class times with certain things. And um, now that I have that, that's, you know, starting in January, I want to really set the tone of that's my goal of I want to be able to make um, a lower level, but consistent income with the business. Okay. And so like that, that's your kind of phase one goal would be to replace your income. So you don't have to teach at a studio anymore. Right. Did I get that? Right. Exactly. Yes. All right. And so what about if we fast forward, you know, two, three, four years and you do have this kind of sort of nationwide situation where you've got a bunch of instructors working in, you know, with you and, going out to venues here, there and and everywhere and and a network of studios, you know, what are your financial aspirations at that stage? Great question. Again, I I really feel that um, as far as with the business, and I'm talking just like, let's say, just kind of spreading it out through Texas, right? Um, And maybe, you know, creating that studio space that I've talked about. Um, with that, alongside the traveling events, alongside the private lessons that come alongside all of this, I truly feel that we could get up to like 500,000 if we needed to, or if we could, sorry. Um, and I feel that, you know, in, in about five years and, you know, kind of looking into that, um, you know, 500,000, I feel like is a high goal. Um, but going down from that and, you know, this isn't me talking on like a level of what I'm comfortable with or what, you know, um, I, I'm just trying to, you know, again, shoot for the stars, if you will, <laughs> you know. That and, number, um, 500,000, is that, uh, and, you know, I'm, you may or may not have thought about this, but now's a good chance. Is that revenue or yeah. profit? So is that how much the top line, how much you get paid or is that how much stays in your bank account at the end of the year? Oh, so I'm just talking about what the business is bringing in, not necessarily what I'm bringing in um, for myself. Okay. So, and and that's another thing that I would like to pick your brain about too on, um, because I think that one really ran into is um, how to effectively pay myself and try to figure out what that looks like. Okay. I guess the things that come to mind uh, for me are that this, I think this events idea is potentially very powerful and in my sense is you're somebody who's you know who thrives on kind of networking and you know making connections with people and I think that um, this events kind of uh, side of the business is a, v- a great vehicle for that 
for you and, and you know you you seem to have the right personality and 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 thrive in that environment uh and also like you say like when people are planning a wedding it's like the sky's the limit when it comes to expense a lot of the time <laughs> so yes. it's, it's it's a great opportunity to make a very high rate per hour you know for for delivering that service uh the downsides of that and I'm not really familiar with with that business at all, but just from an outsider's view, the downside I imagine would be it'd be very seasonal. I don't imagine a lot of people get married like in the heat of August in the middle of Texas or what I don't know what the seasonality is, but I imagine there is some <laughs> seasonality to it. Is is that true? So um yes and no, because definitely people don't want to get married um, you know, in the heat of August, but they totally do. And that's the thing. So um as far as uh the wedding industry goes, uh so my mom owns her own uh wedding hair and makeup company and she's in that space already. And so um she has weddings that go throughout the entire year, but yes, there are absolutely, you know, times of the year that end up being um, you know, you have more people that are looking to, you know, get married, of course, like in the the more winter to fall months versus and, and even spring, you know, our one to two week spring period that we get. We don't really have seasons in Texas. So it's snowing or it's uh, it's roasting. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, and we don't really have summer. It's just like, you know, hell, <laughs> you know, there's no other way around it. And so um you know, when we're going through, um, you know, kind of talking how the seasons work in Texas, um, the primary months for people to get married and things um, is around October to November timeframe. Most people want to get married around then. Um, however, um, I think the difference between being in um, a wedding space versus the bachelorette space is that bachelorettes are held year round here. And um, one of the Actually, the place that I've been going to um, very, very frequently to host these events is Fredericksburg, which is a wine country, basically, um, in Texas. And there's so many wineries all around um, people. There's bachelorettes there every weekend. I actually I just taught a group um, last weekend and there was still like four other bachelorette groups that we had seen while we were there. Um, and so, you know, kind of navigating that space, I was like, this is a hot spot. I think I need to try to entertain this a little bit more, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And I think, you know, just living in the Texas Hill Country in general, we have so many wedding venues and we have so many spaces that we can host these events. So we can do them, um, you know, at your Airbnb or we can do them in a local park and you're going to get still the same experience and it's going to, you know, feel special to you. And um, what was really cool is this weekend we were like, I, I did like a little mimosa juice bar alongside um, the uh, the event. And there was a whole group that came up and they were like, oh, I thought this was like a group thing. I thought you were just hosting this in the park. I'm like, no. And they're like, well, it looks fun. It's like, thanks. <laughs> but you can't have a mimosa, sorry. <laughs> you know? But um, yeah, so um, I, I definitely see where you're coming from in the, in the seasonal space, though, because there's definitely going to be times of the year in which we get um, more traction with the events. But um, I think as far as I think the benefit that I'm at least seeing um, with these events is uh, building word of mouth for one. You know, people go to these events and then they're wanting to tell their friends all about them um, and then their friend's book and their friend's book and so on and so forth. Um, but one of the biggest things is, you know, if you have like, you know, an, an actual studio space alongside that is that, you know, it can influence people to actually come in and sign up. And even though they just did an event, they're like, oh, I want to come in and I want to do 
Pilates classes. So thanks for thanks for enlightening me on that. And the fact that your mom has a wedding uh, based business like gives me a lot of confidence that you have insight into this industry and probably you know very good networking options in this in this space. So that's great. Uh, all right. So I th- I think the the thing that concerns me when I hear your plans are that essentially you're talking about three different businesses. You've got this events thing where you go and do, you know, at, at Fredericksburg or, you know, wherever. And you've got the one-on-ones where you go to people's homes and then you've got the studio, right? Now, each of those is a whole book in itself, right? <laughs> um, and there are, there's a whole learning curve in each of those businesses. Now, I can totally see how that'd be complementary, right? I can totally see how uh, the events business is a fantastic uh, way to build awareness and and you know create connections. Um, and I can totally see how the one-on-ones also would feed into the events business. But I can also see how like essentially the marketing that you would do, although there would be synergies for sure, would be also quite separate. So like to for the events, there'd be a lot of networking I'm imagining and and public relations and being visible, you know, publicly would I think would be very important. Maybe connecting with other suppliers in the wedding space or the bachelorette space and you know, getting on directories and getting your name recommended by other people with when you know when when people are, are on that journey, when customers are on that journey. Whereas the one-on-ones, you know, might be, although, you know, like I said, there'll probably be synergies there, but there there also will be like a different set of networking there with individual clients and local businesses and maybe massage therapists and 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 physical therapists and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and maybe running local ads and things. So, you know, so, so there's a separate, which is a separate skill set, right? And so uh, then for the studio same again like there's there's a different uh set of marketing skills you know not completely utterly different but you know different enough that it's a you know it's like riding a bicycle compared to riding a motorcycle it's like okay it's kind of the same but it's like it's not the same (laughs) um uh and i say this because when i ran my studio um which i ran for a decade from 2006 to 2016 we had Pilates and yoga in the same building, in the same studio, and we had like one room for Pilates or two rooms for Pilates and one room for yoga. And we, the reason we did that was we thought it would be a great synergy, you know, Pilates and yoga go great together. What we found was almost, there was almost a zero crossover between Pilates and yoga. Like the people who did yoga didn't do Pilates and the people who did Pilates didn't do yoga. So we basically just had two businesses under one roof. And so the yoga classes were 90 minutes. The Pilates classes were 45 minutes. The yoga classes, people didn't want to pay as much. They, they didn't respond to the same advertising. They were a different avatar. They, you know, like the, the different instructors taught each class. Um, you know, there was, there was just basically nothing in common, but apart from the fact that they kind of both involve moving and stretching. But the actual, in terms of the marketing, the business, the scheduling, the the managing the instructors, the marketing, the pricing, that none of it was the same. 
right? So we were essentially running two businesses and we had to do two lots of marketing, two lots of, I had two separate managers for the teams, one yoga manager, one Pilates manager. So it was basically just double, you know? Um, And in hindsight, you know, I would never do that again. (laughs) I would just have, I would just have more Pilates spaces, right? Because if, if I can, if I know how to market Pilates classes and I know how to lead a team of Pilates instructors, well, why not just do more of that? You know? Um, um, so I guess I would, I guess my first kind of thought is if I were in your situation, I would pursue one of those opportunities, but not all three. And that's not to say you can't then subsequently sort of add on something, but I think Mm -hmm. if you try and build all three at once, it'll be you'll just, you won't be able to do any of them justice because you'll be pulled in three directions. Right. Exactly. And I appreciate you saying that um, because, you know, that has been, I think my biggest concern. And, um, you know, in, in college, I was in a, uh, this coaching class and um, I will never forget one of my professors said, um, if a hunter chases two rabbits, he catches none. And um, I, I hear that. And I, and I think sometimes I can, you know, get caught up in this whole planning process and thinking, you know, just like you were saying, like the synergy between the two and or the three in this case, right? Um, but right now, just the two being that, you know, I just do the private lessons, the events. And, um, you know, I want to be able to give 100% to, you know, the idea that's going to work. And so I think it's just uh, sometimes getting caught up and, you know, convincing yourself that it's like, yeah, these would work together, but which one are you going to put the most work into because the other one's going to, you know, you can't give a hundred percent to both. You only have a hundred percent to give. So it's either going to be 70, 30 or 80, 20 or whatever that's going to look like. And, um, so yeah, I, I really do appreciate you saying that. Um, and just hearing more about the business that you had, it's very interesting to me that, um, you know, cause I think that it, in hindsight, it sounds like a great idea to do the yoga and Pilates studio. You know, it really does. And, uh, they're actually, there's a studio in, in San Antonio um, that, you know, does like bar and Pilates and yoga and all of those things. And I I always think about how it's such a different, you know, demographic, demographic of each people or each group of people that goes to each of those things. You know, they're all expecting very different things from all three different types of, of exercise. So I think um, kind of just applying that to this space, it's like the people that are going to private studios, you know, are likely not the same people that are going to uh, a 12 to 20 reformer class, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear you. (laughs) I'm hearing you right now. Okay. So. Which of those things, you know, really, if you had to pick one, you know, which of those draws you the most? I would say the events for sure. So shall we, talk about the events business? We shall. For you to grow this, there are basically two phases. So phase one is you build it yourself, like you do the events yourself and you build a name and a reputation and a network and a, a, a process for obtaining new business and, you know, delivering what people want. And then once you're at the point where you're struggling to keep up with demand and people are saying, hey, can you come do this event? You're like, oh, I'm actually booked out three months in advance. 
sorry, um, that's when you go hire somebody else and you train them up in how to do what you've been doing, right? So, okay, I'm going to take you on some events with me and I'm going to show you how I do it, okay? And then I'm going to watch you do it under my supervision. And, you know, at some point I'll be happy with how you're doing it. And at that point I'm going to send you out on your own and you become like, you know, the person who do, who delivers the whole customer experience for that event. And at that point, then you can keep teaching or you can step back and just, you know, re- progressively replace yourself with more people and you can focus more on generating more business, right? So then your job shifts to being more about marketing and networking and PR and and that kind of thing, and also leading the team and making sure that they're delivering the the service in the way that you want it delivered. And all of that, though, is predicated on there being sufficient margins for you, and this gets back to your question about paying yourself, right, for you to pay that instructor to go do that event and and them go, wow, I get this much? That's awesome, right? And then there's also enough left over for you to go, oh, that's awesome. I get <laughs> I get a nice amount from that too, right? And so that means you, you're, you're and there are also, even though, you know, you're not using your own facility and, you, you know, so it's, it's a relatively low expense business model, which I really like, there's still not, there's still going to be some expenses, right? It's going to cost you something to put those, you know, to market and to put the event on and whatever. So you've got to take that out that, you know, whatever you spend to, to generate the business. So, uh, and also to deliver the service and then take out the instructor's wage and still have enough left over for you to make a good amount, you know, on that event. So, you know, how does the math work out when you do an event like that? Like, what do you charge and what does it cost you in advertising, insurance, mimosa ingredients, you know, whatever it is that you have to pay for? you know, how much is left over at the end. So, and this is something that we've been playing with a lot um, because also inflation has been, has really hit us hard, especially with, um, you know, going into add-ons, right? So doing the mimosa bar is now more expensive for us now than it was when we originally started it. And so um, I've had to skyrocket those prices. And so um, kind of going into classes, we have a um, a max number that we have. So I have, you know, X amount of mats, um, which is for a basic class. Um, so pure basic is what we call that baseline um, is uh, $25 per person, minimum of six people, maximum of 15. And so, um, you know, and this is all based on just the amount of equipment that I've been able to accumulate over this period of time. And um, so with the other two classes that I have to offer, um, those go from uh, 35 to 45. And with the individual classes there, um, or not individual, sorry, the group classes, those only max out at 12 based on the amount of equipment that I have. I would like that number to go up, um, but, you know, we're just not there right now. I'm just kind of waiting back. And again, I'm just being very patient with everything. Um, So, you know, with that process, um, we, you know, have the add-ons, we have the travel fee. The travel fee has, I feel, been one of the most complex things that I've dealt with. I'm just trying to navigate, okay, these are the gas prices now, you know, this is what we have. And so what is a, a good number to where I'm not losing any money 
uh, by going on this trip, you know, an hour and a half away to go and teach this event. And um, we also, you know, if, if it's an early morning event, we likely have to stay the night, the night before. And um, so we can account for any kind of, you know, traffic that's going to happen in that morning. I don't want it to be one of those situations where, you know, there's the whole highways completely shut down and I can't be there and they've already prepaid. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to get there the night before, stay the night before, try to pick a hotel that isn't super sketchy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go into it to where it's like, okay, it's, it's safe and it's also a good price. And that's really difficult to find too. So um, as far as uh, just kind of taking this weekend, for example, um, we taught Pure Basic. So that was just, you know, the Matt Pilates class, um, 50 minutes, and it included the mimosa bar. So um, they ended up getting um, the original cost of the mimosas. So I did absolutely lose money there. And so um, it was like $10 that I lost in that. Um, so it wasn't, you know, super extensive or anything. Um, and I'll be super transparent about that because we did change that price now. Um, so now instead of we were doing, I believe, $30 originally for the mimosa bar where it would just, you know, it's two very, you know, basic bottles of champagne that are very, very cheap and <laughs> going <laughs> just being transparent. I'm not getting voo, you know, <laughs> and so. Um, and then we have the, you know, three different types of juices. Um, and so with those things, those always need to be repurchased before an event. And so um, after, you know, checking out, we were like, oh, like that was literally $30, you know. Um, so we need to, you know, make sure that we're getting profit out of this. And so um, we did raise the price to 40 And I think that we're going to, after we work through very specific numbers, go to 60 for that. When you say it, sorry to interrupt there. So when you say uh, you're talking about a per person charge, right? So $25 the basic session and then it's $30 per person with mimosas sort of thing? So no. So for the uh, session, uh, we have it as um, $25 per person just for the event as a whole. And then we have the add-on at a stable, just one. Ah, uh, got it. All right. Uh, so before we go to the next stage of um, building up the business, we've got to get your pricing right, right? Because if, you, if you're losing a little bit of money every time you go out, it's like, well, the more business you do, the more money you're going to lose. So that's not a good plan. So, all right. And you say that there are several components to your costs. There's a travel cost, which is variable depending on the distance. There's a, sometimes an accommodation cost. Uh, there's the consumables, your champagne and your juice and, and whatnot, and you're limited by the number of mats, well, that's easy to fix. Just buy more mats. Um, uh, so what do you, th let's start at the other end with the client. Okay. So if, if your client, uh, you know, the bachelorette group, like what's the typical size? Like, do they stop at 15 or are they like 30, 50? Are there groups of a hundred that would like to do this? Right. Um, I think as far as the bachelorettes go, the most that I've had is 15. So I originally had it capped at 12. And then I had this group come in and say, hey, we've got 15 girls. And I was like, OK, it looks like I'm buying more mats, um, you know, for that. Um, and that was whenever I was first starting. They were my first group. So um, after going through that, I think that with other groups, yes, absolutely. They, we can, you know, I can definitely see you know, especially companies, you know, if they're wanting to do like a team building event, there's going to be more than maybe, you know, 12 to 15 people in an office. So I would just say, I mean, to me, like, don't cap it. 
Like, why would you say, okay, if I come to you and say, I've got a thousand people and I want to spend money with you, like, no, I can only do 15. It's like, no, that's, that doesn't, that's not a good plan. Like take my money. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's been one of the things that I think doing a minimum is, is definitely like a non-negotiable because I'm not going to accept like a, you know, or one, two, three, you know, group um, that doesn't make me really any money. It's not really, you know, necessarily worth my time and might as well kind of book like a semi-private or something like that. Um, so, you know, in that case, kind of making that minimum. And what do you think about that minimum number, um, of six people? I think it's probably too few, but let me work through the math with you first. So I think your pricing needs to be simple. When, when people are confused, they don't buy, right? So if I say to you, how much is it to have you at my bachelorette and you're like, oh, it's $25 and then it's this much for gas and it's this much for accommodation. It's this much for mimosas. I'm like, oh, I'm lost. How much is that? You know, right. And it's like, and you've got different pricing because it like different ways of measuring the pricing because some of the pricing is per head and some of the pricing is just a fixed amount. And so I'm, I'm already lost in the mental math there. Right. So what you need to do, uh, and we've, we've experimented with this uh, in our business, and also there's just there's lots of books on pricing. Where basically, I mean, go to go to any uh, go online to sign up for any kind of software app, right? There's like the super basic, the pro, and the premium level, right? It's you know one price, middle price, and a high price, low price, middle price, high price. Like those are the options, right? Um, and that there's a reason for that, which is confused buyers don't buy. Right, so so you need to eat the complexity, right? So at the back end, it's complex, right? But don't pass that complexity onto the customer. Make it real simple for the customer, right? And so you need to build into your pricing enough margin that it doesn't matter about the gas or the accommodation because that's all covered in the in the one price, right? And and so. You know, if it were something like, okay, it's, let's say it's, you know, 35 ahead, right? And that covers your gas and accommodation and all of that, right? And so it's just, okay, it's one price, 35 ahead. With mimosas, it's 40 ahead or 50 ahead or whatever, right? With mimosas plus whatever the other add-on is, it's this much per head, right? It's just it's just a per head amount that is like, low, medium, and high, right? And so I wouldn't have like, you know, multiple different add-ons that they can choose from. I would just have three packages, right? Basic, you know, whatever the middle one is, and then the all-out extravaganza, no-holds-barred package, right? Uh, and the basic package is I come, I teach Matt Pilates, we have a great time, right? The middle package is, you know, I come, I teach Matt Pilates, we have a few mimosas, you know, we have an even better time. <laughs> and then the all-out package is I come, we Pilates, we party, we mimosa, we get massages, we we'll have a movie night, we, you know, do all amazing, there's a DJ, like it's the full the full experience, right? Um, and all that their only choices are, you know, basic, middle, or expensive, right? And and it's like basic is this much per head, intermediate is this much per head, expensive is this much per head. Like there's no 
extra choice within that, right? And you don't break it out and they, they can't say, oh, I want the mimosas, but I don't want the this and I want the that, but I only want half as much of it. It's like, no, it was package A, package B, package C, right? Uh, makes it really simple. And uh, there's a lot of psychology behind pricing design and the way that you um, position those three options, uh, particularly the middle option, right? So if you go to the movie theater and you're getting a Coke or a popcorn or something like that, they've got the small, the medium, and the large, right? And you know, depending on how big the medium is relative to the small and the large and depending on the pricing, right? So it's usually not the medium is halfway between the, the small and the large. Often the medium is is a little bit bigger than the small and then the large is gigantic, Texas-sized, right? <laughs> so, and, and if the price is like, you know, $2, $4 and $6, right, for small, medium, large, but the large is like, triple the size of the medium, you think, huh, the large is a good bargain, right? It's like triple the size for only an extra $2. Like I'm going to get that one, right? Whereas if, if the medium is almost as big as the large, right? And you're like, huh, the medium is only like 10% smaller and it's like only two thirds of the price. That's a bargain. I'm going to get that one, right? So you can, you can, uh, nudge people towards the medium or towards the large based on the relative value of each of those things, right? Uh, the other thing is the the price of the la- of the, the the premium offer anchors people and makes the other ones look cheaper, right? So just say your premium offer is $150 a person. And they're like, oh, that's too much. And you're like, okay, well, we've got the medium and that's only 75. They're like, oh, that seems a lot cheaper, right? So, and and maybe you never, ever sell the premium offer. No one ever buys it, right? doesn't matter. It makes, makes the medium one look a lot better and you sell a lot more of those, right? Whereas if you just have a 35 and a 75, the 75 is the, quote, expensive option, right? So people will think, oh, no, I'll just go for the cheaper one, right? But if you have if you have a super basic one, which is like if it was a car, it would have like wind-up windows, vinyl seats, no air conditioning, okay? <laughs> no <Yeah>. frills <laughs> at all, okay? Right. Um, uh, and then a super expensive one that's like, you know, dancing girls, DJs, you know, doves let out of a basket, you know, the whole thing, right? And then, <laughs> yeah. then you've got a, a medium option, which is actually what you want most people to get, right? Which is basic plus mimosas plus maybe one or two other things, right? But it's not over the top. It's like, okay, most people would think, oh yeah, that that that's the one I want. And it's it's about it's just a little bit more than the cheap option, right? So you've got like a for for forty dollars, you get super basic, right? We get our our really thin mats, we come and do an uncomfortable Pilates class, you know, that's it. For $50, you get deluxe mats, you get mimosas, you get this, you get music, you get this, 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 okay? And then for $100, big jump, right, you get just a little bit more, right, plus a signature bottle of champagne or something like that. Right. And they think, oh no, the expensive one looks like a ripoff, but the middle one looks like bargain. Right. 
So that that's what I would do is have three pricing levels, make it really simple, a price per head. You've got to build in your overheads for gas and accommodation and whatever other variables you have so that you eat that and the customer doesn't have to know about it or care about it because they don't know about it or care about it. Uh, and have a cheap, medium and expensive. And I would price your expensive one really expensive. Like you think like no one's ever going to pay this, right? Just right. <laughs> just put it out there. Like this is the hundred dollar burger, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you never <laughs> yeah. know, someone might buy it one day and you'll be like, yeehaw. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> But mostly it's yeah. just there to make the other one look cheap, like look inexpensive. That makes a lot of sense to me. Like this whole process does. And I think um, what I've been, like how I have it mapped out right now is on like a beginner, intermediate, advanced level. And so what I've noticed is everyone's buying the basic package. Everyone is, you know, because I, like you said, have these add-ons separate. And so I have been trying to kind of, I have, I've been navigating my prices and all of these kinds of things, but I don't think that I've you know, taken into consideration the business side of that process and how people actually do respond to that. So um, I, I absolutely am going to take this into total consideration and completely revamp it because I do agree with you that I think it is too complicated. Um, that's been definitely something that I have, I feel like has been my biggest challenge um, with all of it is just trying to navigate like how am I going to effectively price this to where people are going to want to buy it? And um, I don't think putting a small number on there is a good method for that. And, um, you know, I've, I've been trying to figure out, okay, so if doing the small number is, you know, everyone's going towards that small package, the difference between the three packages is like $5. They don't really have too much incentive because they're just like, it's just a different class type. You know, I want to try um, like basic beginner Pilates and most people that are doing these classes seemingly are beginners at Pilates. So that's going to be right up their alley. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I think kind of and I'm, you know, uh, um, bringing in like the intermediate and the advanced options. I think it's just too complicated in that sense. Why, you know, I can just teach a general Pilates class, you know, they're not looking for anything crazy. Well, even more in any group like the bigger the group, the more chance the average level of experience is going to be closer to zero, right? I mean, if you have a thousand people in your audience, it's like they're not all going to be advanced. <laughs> There's no way. So so I would say don't even mention the levels, right? And And the other thing is like, well, I don't think advanced is seen as more valuable or more expensive than, you know, like, I mean- I wouldn't pay more for an advanced class. I would pay more for a class where I also got a mimosa, right? Because that's extra. That's plainly more value, right? I would pay more for a class that was at a vineyard. I would pay more for a class where, I don't know, I got a five-minute massage afterwards or something. Like where there's where there's plain, like a clear, you can clearly point to something and say, this is worth more. And the client's like, yeah, I can see how that's worth more right? So I think uh, just call it Pilates and then um, and then list what they get extra. That, that that would be like super fun and like that, you know, imagine, you know, the mindset of the person buying, making the buying decision. If it's a bachelorette, is it the bachelorette herself that's making the decision? No. 
Typically not. Who makes the decision? Typically it's the, the maid of honor, whoever's planning it. Okay. Well, the maid of honor. All right. Now, I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, infinitely more about this psychology of these people than I do. Um, <laughs> but uh, I imagine that they, you know, they are taking responsibility for this and they want to, they want to look good by creating a fun experience for everyone. Right. Exactly. Um, and at the same time, they probably have some kind of budget. Um, but I'm going to guess, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that the budget is probably not set in stone. It's rarely ever set in stone. <laughs> right. I would say from my personal experience, I think that there are specific people that are like, you know, I can only spend this much and then we kind of navigate it from there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not about that person, right? It's about the bride that they're celebrating. And if this, let, you know, they, the, the, if this is up the bride's alley and then that person, if they're a good friend, will likely sit out, you know what I mean? Versus right. not pay. Okay. So think about that person's mindset. They're coming to you because, all right, they're coming to do, to talk about Pilates on their bachelorette. Now that's an unusual thing, right? Typically I think of like male strippers, pub crawls. You know, but I don't, I don't know what people do on bachelorettes, but Pilates isn't in the top ten in my in my mind. So this person wants to create something remarkable for their for their bachelorette, and so you should give them like three options that are different amounts of remarkable, right? So the, here's your basic option, and that's remarkable just because Pilates doing Pilates is remarkable right? In this context, right? Pilates on the green or whatever it is. And then here's option two that's even more remarkable because you get mimosas and you get a five minute massage at the end and you get, you know, make it like things that people can say to their friends at work on Monday where they go, and there was mimosas and there was a masseuse and there was, you know, like, like make it like things that people will want to talk about. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that, and I didn't mention this earlier, but the other add-on that I have on there, and we have gotten rid of one of my add-ons because I had three originally. Um, but the second one is just the infused lavender cold towels. So it's basically just, you know, it's hot here in Texas and we do it outside. Right. So, um, I did offer that and I've used them once still navigating the perfecting of that process, <laughs> but it's been, it's been good. And they, they enjoyed it when they had it. Um, so that's just like another, you know, one of those things. And so I guess my next question is as I navigate through, you know, cause I, I love this idea of just, this is Pilates and here's the packages and this is what we offer in this one. And this is what we offer in this one. Um, so for, let's talk about just the basic package. Um, so if I'm, you know, just doing plain Jane, I'm bringing the mats We're te I'm teaching you Pilates, you know, we, you get music regardless, you get me regardless. And that's just how it goes. Um, should I still offer these as an add-on option? No, 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 no options, no options. So you get, the option is choose package one, two, or three, right? And so it's, it's the plain Jane option, which is amazing because it's Pilates and it's like, that's such a unique thing to do. And that is remarkable. People will go back to work on Monday and say, you never guess what we did at the bachelorette, you know? We did Pilates at a winery. That's amazing, right? So that so that's remarkable in itself. But then I I think uh, the mimosas are great. I love that because because it's it's remarkable, right? It's something that people will want to share with 
on social media and friends. And it's like, it's, I did this really cool thing on the weekend. Like when you say, what did you do on the weekend? It's like, oh, I sat on this sofa and watched Netflix. Like that's boring as, right? So, but when you can say I did Pilates at a winery and then had mimosas for breakfast afterwards, it's like, that's a cool thing to say to your friends, right? Yeah, yeah, So what other really cool, remarkable things can you deliver for these people that they will want to tell their friends about because it's just a cool thing to to do, right? That's what the I think the psychology of the maid of honor is going to be. It's like, oh, I get to deliver like this really remarkable experience where the where the the bachelorette's going to go, whoa, that's super cool that you organize that. You know, like that's that's just really unusual, right? That's not just your stock standard, you know, thing for bachelorette. So I think you know, sit down with a couple of friends or with a glass of something or with a coffee or whatever and just, and get creative, right? And think about what could we provide for these people that would be remarkable, that people would want to share because it's like, it's just cool, right? So, yeah, but yeah, so I think the the cold towels are great, but I don't think they're in the same league as mimosas, Right. I can't imagine people going back to the office on Monday and saying, oh, we had cold towels. It's like, yeah, that might mention it in passing, but the mimosas are the, like, they're cool. The highlight. Right. So, I see what you're saying so, completely. So what other kind of, um, what other things could we provide that would be as cool or even cooler than mimosas? I think um, if there was a, a way that I could navigate like a, a kind of like a photo op situation, um, that would be a good addition. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot. So one of the add-ons that I originally had was like a personalized signage thing, which was really fun for me. I'm, I have the Canva pro and I do all of my own marketing. I don't pay anyone to do that. Um, I do it 100% myself and, um, I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of this job, honestly, is just like trying to navigate the marketing space. And, um, you know, in, in that I've discovered, I'm like, okay, as, as much as it is awesome to have a sign that you can take, you know, a picture with, what if there was a consistent, cohesive style of this design that people want to take pictures with, you know, where they're like, you know, we're going to Pilates and then we have this really awesome sign behind us that we're all going to take as a group. And, um, you know, we have a situation to where uh, kind of like at weddings where you have like the setup where um, you can either set your phone up or there's like some kind of specific camera setting, like uh, maybe you get like a Polaroid camera and take, you know, pictures like that and or you're able to take those home. That can be a great addition, I feel, um, you know, because I'm thinking on the the events aspect of all of this, right? Because if they're going to be booking this, this is what sets it apart from just going into a regular studio and taking a, you know, a general class. So great. So, and you need to come up with a really cool short name like photo wall or photo frame or something where you can just they can just say oh and you get this right it's really um like mimosas just just one word you know exactly what it is right so you need to come up with a word for that that people will go oh yeah i get i get what that is and i can see how it's something that i don't have in my everyday life like not just photos because like anyone can take photos anytime but like a photo wall or a photo studio or a photo something that is like, oh, yeah, I don't have one of those at home, you know. Um, uh, you know, Polaroid photo, so, some, yeah, something that is like, yeah, I don't have one of those at home, right, is 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 what 
what what you want to offer. All right, what else? What else can you come up with? You think so? We've done mimosas. We've talked about photography. I think um, in addition, I'm thinking um, I know somebody that does like local charcuterie things, and I know people love that. And um, just make it like a whole little kind of party event afterwards. You can do like a completely personalized charcuterie board for yourself. And I could uh, another aspect of the business that I would really like to and what I've seen Fredericksburg is just kind of the networking and stuff with other businesses and helping each other out. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think personally on a level of charcuterie styling that that is necessarily my forte, <laughs> but I can definitely put a meat and cheese board together, but not in the way that I think that businesses can. So um, what are your thoughts on that? If we were to, you know, include, let's say, charcuterie as part of this package and then, you know, having a partnership, if you will, with a separate business. I think it's great. Uh, I would put that in your top option. So I, I think what I what I would do at this point is I would say, okay, super basic. I come to Pilates there's some music, right? It's, it's fun. Uh, you know, so the, let's call that the bronze package, right? Then your silver package is mimosas and a photo wall, right? Because those two things are sexy, like they're fun, right? <laughs> and then and then the gold package is all of the above plus charcuterie board, right? Plus maybe a little mini massage. So you hire a local masseuse or something like that, but it's way more expensive, way more expensive, right? Because you're going to have to pay those suppliers and spend time organizing it, all of the rest of it. And really, so I'm, I'm going to say like, again, you'll have to do the math and figure out, okay, what's my gas price add on, add on a bit for just unexpected you know, changes. You know, what's my accommodation price add on a bit of a buffer. Um, then what do I need to make per person to cover both of those things plus enough to pay an instructor 150 bucks to do the session plus enough to have enough left over for me to also make a profit on top of that, right? So this might be a minimum of 10 people or something like that, I'm guessing, but you have to do the math, right, to figure out what what your minimum charge is. But then you don't say there's a minimum charge. You just say there's a minimum of X number of people. I like the way you, you did that. So we're always talking about in a per-person charge, which makes it much cheaper because $35 a person is much cheaper in someone's mind than $350, right? <laughs> so, so it's $35 per person, minimum of 10 persons, uh, or whatever number allows you to cover those fixed costs like gas and accommodation and still have, you know, money left over on every occasion, regardless of how far you drive or whatever. Uh, 35 for the basic, let's say it's, you know, a bit more, you know, maybe 45 for the, the Mimosa package and then a lot more, you know, a hundred or something for the and you get a charcuterie board and you get massage and you get cold towels and you get you know nail your nails done and you get you know yeah everything under the right, sun right. <laughs> yeah right. but make you, you but actually where you should set your price is what you want you want people to buy the mimosa package right and you set that to be the most profitable right and then make the basic one just a little bit less than that 
right? So just say, how much is it going to cost me to make the mimosas and give them a wow experience, okay? And then add on a good, healthy margin and go, okay, that's my price for the mimosa package. And then the basic package is just like $8 or $10 less than that, whatever that is, right? So, and people go, oh, the basic one's a ripoff, but the mimosa, you get mimosas for only an extra $8, that's amazing, right? <laughs> so I'm going to take that. And a photo wall, that's awesome. I'm going to take that one, right? So, and then, oh, the charcuterie board for an extra $50, I don't think we need that. Yeah, this... um this is extremely helpful. And um, I feel like there was just this uh, kind of wall that I was hitting um, with the business on my perspective with everything. And I feel like I've like now jumped over okay, this ahead. wall after this conversation. Um, because yes, again, like I was saying, like, I feel like I was just thinking, um, I was thinking about, I guess, just the surface level of, you know, this is the cost and whatever. And this is now complicated. I'm not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily thinking about how the customer is viewing, you know, all of these things. And so I feel like this is like, like definitely like shined a huge light on, um, I don't know. I feel like after this conversation, I just feel very like confident and good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'd love to, love to, love to uh, see how you, what you come up with in terms of packages and see your pricing and, and learn how that goes for you. Yes, yes. Um, I will definitely continue the conversation with you for sure. I'll let you know. And I, again, I appreciate your time so much. Um, you know, I've actually been watching this podcast and listening to it um, for over a year and a half. And so it's uh, really like I've learned a lot from you. So I really appreciate it. Um, and I feel like, yeah, this is just going to take the business to a whole nother level. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you as well. Go bring Pilates yeah. to the, the Bachelorettes of Texas. I will. I will. Yeah. And I'll keep you posted, Raph, for sure. <laughs> Thanks. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. 
Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.